Alternative Radio. This podcast contains adult content. Some of the themes or topics may include information on murder, kidnapping, torture, dismemberment, maybe some demonic content with information on positions and paranormal activity. This podcast will also include explicit, horrible, and foul. Socially unacceptable. Totally uninhibited. Adult themes language. So if you're easily offended. If you're easily triggered. Then I highly suggest you turn this off now. And if not, just keep in mind. Parental discretion is advised. Welcome everybody to a new episode of mysterious circumstances podcast i'm your host justin before we get going i do have to say the next two to three episodes are probably going to be a little bit shorter ones while i'm putting these out i'm also doing research in the background for bigger ones got some really really good stuff coming up here in the near future including uh we're gonna do the jfk assassination we're gonna do the black philly mafia we're going to do a deep dive into the death of John Dillinger, like I promised you guys about two years ago, um, and that requires me to actually read a, a couple books, so that is going to take time, and that's why I'm doing a few short episodes. But before we begin, I do have to thank a new Patreon subscriber, Ashley Oliver. Thank you very much. I hope you're enjoying that extra content, and it is the end of the month, which means there's going to be some Patreon episodes dropping if anybody else would like to check out the tiers and see what's available on there, I think we have about 75 bonus episodes on there right now. You can go to patreon.com slash mysterious circumstances, or if you'd like to make a one-time donation, you can hit me at Venmo at MC Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the death of Matthew Flores over in California back in 1994. I learned about this death from Unsolved Mysteries, one of my favorite TV shows ever, and it is still a really, really strange death with no evidence really at all. I mean, very limited evidence, I should say. A couple sources real quick before we get going. We got an East Bay Times article written in 2016 by Scott Herhold, and then we also have a huge four-part series that was written by Jerry O'Brien back in 1994. You can go to the Providence Journal for that. That is a huge source of information right there. Or you could watch a little five-minute episode on Unsolved Mysteries. I will read some new reviews on the next episode. I do have a couple of those, including one from Scotland, one from America. But until then, on with the show. Matthew Flores. This takes place on March 24th, 1994. Matt was originally from Rhode Island. He had been living in Georgia for a while while he was in the Army. He had also lived in Texas and been stationed in California for a little bit too. Uh, he was honorably discharged after four years. He was ranked a second lieutenant and this was about two weeks before moving to California that he was discharged. He had moved to Santa Clara, California with his wife Denise and his eight-month-old daughter, and he was starting his new job as an engineer. He had just gotten this job with Applied Materials Incorporated in Silicon Valley. 
he was nine days into his two-month training session, after which he would be taking a job in Dallas as an engineer. On the morning of March 24th, he drives to Silicon Valley to work. He is driving a white Corsica, and the car was provided by his job. They had rented it for him. At 8.12 a.m., he drives into the parking lot of Building 12, located at 3225 Oakmead Village Drive, and he parks his car in about the middle of the parking lot. At 8.14 a.m., he gets out of his car, and he is immediately shot one time in the back of the head at almost point-blank range. The Providence Journal article stated that it was a silver-jacketed hollow-point bullet that was fired from a large caliber handgun from a distance of about one to two feet. Now, there was a co-worker parked beside him listening to her radio, and she heard the popping sound, and she saw him in the kneeling position just outside his driver's side car door, and she goes to check on him to, you know, see if he might need any help, and she realized that he was dead, and she just starts screaming for help. Within a couple minutes, the parking lot is just filled with members of the Applied Materials Emergency Response Team. They had employees out there. They had four to five officers that responded immediately. They had paramedics out there just within minutes. Matthew's boss, a guy named Gary Robertson, he actually leaves the scene to call Matt's wife, Denise, which seems a, a little bit odd. Now, he tells her that something terrible has happened to Matt, and she asked what happened, and he says, I'm sorry, he was shot, he passed away. Now, the sergeant at the time of the Santa Clara Police Department, guy named Mark Kirby, says in a direct quote, For all intents and purposes, this was an execution. Now, Denise goes on to say, that when they told me that he was not robbed, that's when I got scared. Because, because Matthew Flores had nothing taken off of him. There was nothing missing from his car. There was nothing missing off of him. Gary Robertson, Matthew's boss, says that he does regret having told Denise that Matt had died. But he said he was just worried. And he was concerned that she may be targeted because of the nature of the crime. Which does kind of make a little bit sense, but it's still, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty. I get that, but, you know, still kind of not your place, dude. But yeah, like I said, this is a shorter episode, not too much information, but this shit is weird. Like, it's, it's not a random act. Like, this dude was legitimately executed. So, before we start getting into the investigation, maybe some theories here on what happened, let's go ahead and take a word from our sponsor, Best Fiends. This episode is brought to you by Best Fiends. As you guys know, I spend most of my days looking into crimes, strange stuff, history, and even sometimes the paranormal. Every now and then, I need a break from all of that. So when I need a mental palate cleanser, I play Best Fiends. It's a fun, casual game that you can play right on your phone, and any age can play. I play it with my kids sometimes. It's fun for me because it's challenging, and there's so many characters with new levels and events coming out every month, so it never gets old. Even when I have a couple of hours to kill, or just a spare 15 minutes. And one of the great things is that you don't need the internet to play. 
The colors are amazing and they hold your attention. All these characters that you get can power up and get better abilities and then you can try to match which of those characters are best for each level. You can even see your rank against your friends too. I'm up to level 185 and it's so fun it really didn't take me that long to get there. So engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this 5 star rated mobile puzzle game is a must play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. Now, because of the background that Matthew Flores had, being in the military, he was stationed in different states, and he was originally from Rhode Island. The San Jose office of the FBI joined in the investigation just in case, um, you know, he might have been targeted by somebody out of state. Now, this is along with the Santa Clara Police Department as well. So, here's a little bit of details into this stuff, and this is where it gets even stranger. There were 22 people in the parking lot that morning. Nobody, not one of them, actually saw his murder or saw who did it. Like I had previously mentioned, he was not robbed. There was nothing taken off him. There was nothing taken from his pockets. There was nothing taken from his car. And there was no shell casing found. There are security cameras all over this parking lot. But the spot that Matt parked in, where he was killed at, was a blind spot of all these cameras. Now, when investigators went back and looked at the surveillance videos, they noticed a very suspicious-looking two-door Sport Ford Explorer. That's uh, The body style is about 91 to 94. It looks closest to about a 93 to me, because I'm very familiar with those square-body old Chevys and Fords, right? So... They noticed that this explorer was doing some weird shit before Matthew was actually murdered. And this is why it is the suspected vehicle of the person who took his life. About 20 minutes before Matthew got there, this two-door explorer drives into the parking lot. And it starts circling the parking lot. And it parks into a parking spot. Now a few minutes after that, a white Ford Probe pulls into the parking lot, and it's driving down the same lane that Matt would later drive down when he arrives to work. The Ford Explorer backs out of the parking spot and starts following this car, and then they go off camera. Now, the white Ford Probe and the white Corsica, they do look a little similar, but not too similar, if you know what I mean. So, basically, whoever killed Flores, if this was like a hit, you know, they probably just had a general description of the car or briefly saw it or something like that. So, at 8.10 a.m., the Ford Explorer pops back up on surveillance cameras, and then it leaves the parking lot one minute later. Then it goes off camera again. At 8.12 a.m., that's when Matthew Flores pulls into the parking lot along with another car, and he's followed by the woman who had parked close to him and had heard the shot and checked on him after the shooting happened. Now, two minutes later, at 8.14 a.m., that's when the shooting occurs. 20 seconds later, you can see the Ford Explorer leaving the parking lot again, and it never returns. 
some pretty wild stuff, okay? Going into some of these theories, because like I said, it's a very short episode, but it's very, very, it's weird. Like after the fact, nobody could find any reason or any kind of motive for this murder. Law enforcement did over 1,000 interviews and could not find one suspect or even a motive for that matter. There were no affairs, there were no enemies, no weird or illegal shit that would constitute a murder. Absolutely nothing. They looked into his background with the military. He was absolutely clean cut, like a perfect officer. They said he was working on everything from tanks to generators, just everything. Now, the company he had worked for had offered a $100,000 reward for info leading to the arrest of the person or people involved, and nothing came of it. Now, some people believe that it is a case of mistaken identity. There's lots of buildings, alright, on three different campuses of this company, and they're all within a few blocks of one another. Now, the car that got followed first did look a little bit similar to his, but the car that he had was also a company car, so it makes me wonder who had it before him. Um, it was actually a rental car, like he went and picked it out. So, you know, it's hard telling maybe somebody who had rented that car before him did something. A lot of people suspect, you know, one of the theories is a road rage incident where like maybe the day before or, you know, like a week before somebody driving a similar looking car pulling into that parking lot had maybe cut somebody off. But the weird part is, is that this is a straight up execution. Like this has all the earmarks of a professional hit. And I did read on the Unsolved Mysteries website, you know, where you can go down and read comments. And somebody commented, they're like, man, you know, it's so obvious that his wife had him murdered for the army benefits and insurance money. And it's like, no, dude, you can watch every single interview with her. She, as of, I don't know, 2016, 2017, I don't even think she's remarried. You know what I mean? She might be now, but at the time, she still hadn't remarried. It's just so weird. Like I said, there's no real good theory. So it just raises more questions than answers. You know, what else can you really say? I mean, you can toss around his army record. And no, you know, you're probably not going to see a lot of the stuff that he did because he served with honors in Desert Storm and shit like that. He was stationed about everywhere. The dude was just out. He had just gotten discharged. He was a model soldier. He was an extremely intelligent man. I mean, he had his pick of a lot of places uh, where he could have worked and been an engineer and, and uh, applied materials was the spot for him. And he was so excited about that job. But, you know, a lot of people had also suggested that maybe it was a jealous co-worker or somebody who had wanted that job that he got. But that also makes you wonder how would that person know what car he was driving? Matthew's mother believes that it does have something to do with his military record, and that's a very valid theory. Personally, I don't know what to think, so like I said again, it was a very short episode. Next few episodes are going to be pretty short ones. Uh, like I said, while I'm doing some research on the, on the backhand of it, so for some other stuff, but this is a very interesting case nonetheless, and it's just... Like, what the hell happened? 
And Ellie does look at this case every few years again. You know, it's not like they put it on a dusty shelf or whatever. They take a new look at it every few years. And in May of 2016, just five years ago, the $100,000 reward was reissued to help solve this murder. So it's not one of those cases that's forgotten. It's still in the spotlight. I mean, the description of the Ford Explorer, it's on security footage. I mean, a lot of time has passed now, unfortunately, but there are a lot of good resources that you can check into this and look it up and all that good stuff. So with that being said, very sad case. I hope one day it gets resolved. You know, it's with DNA. I'm not even sure if they took DNA or if there was any even available. I mean, this dude was, I mean, there's a good chance he didn't even see who did it. I mean, it was a one shot in the back of the head, straight execution style, man. So uh, that's about all I got for you on this one. I got a few more coming out for you over the course of the next week. Like I said, there'll be shorter episodes, but until next time, I'll see you folks on the flip side. 